and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Town and Country Harlow, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o, it's Mr Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 288, and just to thank everybody who tuned into our last show, which was a couple of weeks ago, as we rounded up uh, the first sort of six weeks post-season, that would have been our pre-season, but we're back to normal business. The Football League action has now started again, so this week we've got a round-up of the last couple of weeks since our last show, a review of yesterday's game, and we are delighted to be joined by a very, very, very special guest who we've not had on this show for a while. We'll introduce him very shortly, he's waiting patiently for us, but as always, we start the top of our show with an intro to our podcast sponsor. Yeah, so as you know, if you listen to the last episode, the podcast sponsorship is split into two for this season. So the first half of the season, the podcast is sponsored by Town & Country Harlow Estate Agents who cover London, Essex and Hertfordshire. They're run by two Orient season ticket holders and fellowos fans. And already with the podcast, as they sponsored social media last season, they've already helped dozens of people move home. And the best bit is... They offer all Orient fans and staff a discount off of their already competitive fees. So save yourself a few quid, keep it in the Orient family, and if you're thinking of selling a property or just curious as to its value, save yourself the money, keep it in the Orient family. Like we said, give them a call on 01279 882 444 or 05, sorry, 07528 471 497. So that's by phone. Or they're on Twitter, you can contact them at T and C Harlow, or you can get in touch with Charlie, who can be found at Charlie underscore Paul and Town the Country. They don't just sell houses, they change lives. And lovely to have them on board as podcast sponsors. Absolutely. Always delighted to help an Orient uh, fan with their business promotion. So we are joined exclusively live this week to kick off the EFL season, the 2022 23 season. With Leighton Orient Vice Chairman and Principal Investor Kent Teague. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been way, way, way too long. Way too long. Way too long. Way thank, too long. Thank you for giving up your Sunday evening to, to join us. I guess, as, as you just alluded to there, we haven't kind of had you on the show for a while. I haven't seen much of you, um, to be honest, either. So, what's been going on in, in your world? Well, um, you know, I, I got the chance to come to a number of games last season, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm maybe not as visible as I have been in the past because we continue the transition from, you know, the original owners uh, to the new owners and, or, or the new ownership. It's an ownership group. And then we also wanted to make sure that most of the messages that were being delivered were coming from the club itself and not from, you know, Nigel or I exclusively. So we're still in that transition a little bit, but uh, all good. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Awesome. And talking of being back, Kent, football returned yesterday. A great season opener that we're going to analyse a bit later on in the podcast. But what were your views on yesterday, I mean, as a whole, so I guess from your perspective, from yesterday waking up to going to the ground, to the match, to post-match, tell us about your day yesterday. Well, there's always so much expectation around the first match of the season, and I'm so glad to be back to where I'm at the opening match of the season, just like last year. Uh, and it's just so thrilling <laughs> to watch 
everything unfold uh, before us on the pitch. And, you know, I, 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 I had forgotten what the formation of a penalty looked like. <laughs> um, and I, 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 I get to be one of the ones who say I may have seen one of the best goals in <laughs> Orient recent history. Uh, and so I'm just really glad that, that I happen to have a chance to see that yesterday. Um, it was great to be with the fans. It was great to be back in, uh, in Layton. Um, it was great to see old friends at the start of our sixth season. So this is our sixth season, which I can't believe it's been that many now. But, uh, you know, it was just, it's just such a joy to get to be a part of Layton Orient Football Club. Yesterday was quite the spectacle, but last season I think we'd be remiss if we didn't ask for your your views on on last season. It was a, a real season of two different halves. It was just so disappointing. Um, I was I was uh, I spent a lot of the season mad and angry. Um, I spent a lot of the season in disarray or like disillusioned. I just couldn't, I couldn't understand why things were happening like they were happening. Um, we had thought that we had set ourselves up to be, uh, you know, to finish in the top seven. Uh, Kenny Jacket is a great individual and a great manager with a CV who clearly understands how to get people from league two to league one. We felt like we had the players. Yeah, there's always one missing or two missing. Uh, and, you know, like there is today. Uh, and so it was just so, it was just such a disappointing season. Another reason it's a disappointing season is, is that we finished lower in the table than the previous year. And Nigel and I had committed to the club that we would make it to where we improved every year. And so uh, we, we were unable to keep our commitment last year. And that, that, that's probably what hurts the most. Like Paul said, it was a, a season of two halves for the most part. Kenny, unfortunately, left the club. Richie Wellens came in, turned the back end of the season around. Were you in the interview process uh, with Richie, Ken? And if so, what, what, yes. what has impressed you about Richie Wellens? Well, Richie comes with a tremendous passion for the game. A tremendous understanding of the game. Um, we we got pretty fortunate uh, that Richie was interested in Leighton Orient Football Club. Um, it's hard to compare managers to managers, but there is this special something about Richie that I've seen in one of our managers before. And there's a man management relationship with the player uh, perspective that is easy to recognize, but seemingly hard uh, to get into your club. So Richie is just fantastic at man management, understands the strategy of the game, understands the overall. I mean, he is very good from a player personnel perspective. Um, he's got a lot of friends. He's got a lot of people that have played for him in the past that are willing to come and play for him again. And, you know, it's always true that when you find a leader, 
where people are willing to follow him or her multiple times in their career. That is a true leader, and that's what we've got in Richie. He is a true leader. We have now obviously started the season. We've obviously gone through pre-season results. I don't know if anybody really pays attention to the results in pre-season games. The results are a little bit mixed at times. What was your kind of overall view of pre-season? And obviously we picked up a few injuries, unfortunately, but people seem to be coming back. But, but your, your overall overall views on, on how pre-season went? Well, I thought preseason went pretty well. Um, there is a conditioning aspect to preseason uh, that we got done. We were helped out by the weather in London, which made it hot and and tiring and 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 hard. Uh, normally, we have to go down to Portugal to get them in that kind of heat, but uh, you know, it, it came to London, and so uh, you know that's part of it. Uh, obviously, the injuries are of a concern. Uh, talk to Keats a lot, Keaton a lot, and the conversation is, what are we doing about injuries? Uh, we had another time in our history where we had a lot of injuries and preseason injuries, and we were really worried about all that. And not that I am, uh, you know, saying that it's going to happen the same way this time that it did last time. The last time we finished first in the league, uh, in the National League. So. You know, it's these muscle, it's a muscle injury that are, that are, that, that what we keep getting, um, it's not a contact injury. Um, so we just have to manage through it. Um, I don't know of a time in late Orient history when there were not injury concerns at some point, whether in preseason or during the season. So we actually think we have to manage around injuries and we plan for that sort of thing. Um, but overall, preseason was good. We've had some really good signings. Um, I think we're back to a process uh, that I think is a little bit better uh, than certainly the January transfer window. The results uh, clearly show that that's true from what we signed this summer than what we signed in the January transfer window. So, you know, we we. We crack on, I guess is the way y'all say it. You know, we got to crack on and we got to get after it. Uh, and Richie has a very specific set of targets. Uh, he has a very specific plan um, about a, a number of different things. And he's got, you know, and he's, he's going to move us forward on that, on that way. Can I ask about um, preseason from a board perspective so is it still a case of having sure. the daily early morning conference calls there's obviously been lots and lots of activity uh off the pitch in terms of floodlights the shop new kit a ticketing system appointment of mark devlin back in february from a board perspective from off the pitch are you happy with how things have gone yeah off the pitch things are going well and and in the boardroom they're going well there are we have as all businesses do in the world uh you know coming out of the pandemic we've got certain things we've got to really pay attention to and things we've got to take care of mark is an excellent excellent ceo uh comes with a resume again uh, we're very blessed that mark had an interest in late Orient football club but danny to danny's credit danny had started a number of these initiatives uh and mark has you know brought them brought them to fruition so yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen the boards, um, you know, in person until yesterday. And so I was really excited. They look great. 
Um, and yeah, there are going to be additional changes because what we're trying to do, again, we are continuing to try to get Leighton Orient ready to be a League One club. And we believe that when Leighton Orient is ready to be a League One club, we'll be a League One club. So there are certain things that we're doing, certain transactions that we're making, certain off the field and on the field choices that we're making in order to try to get us to that League One status as soon as possible. In terms of the squad itself, we haven't seen a particularly big overhaul. We haven't seen an overhaul really uh, this small in, in quite some time. We've always uh, really sort of gone, not, not wholesale, that, that's not right, but we've always made a, a significant number of changes. But, but this, this one we haven't, and Richie said out loud that he thinks only sort of three or four really uh, would, would be topped up. What, what are your thoughts on on the squad at the moment? Are you, 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 you're obviously happy with the, with the signings that we've made and, and the overall strength and depth of the squad, or do you see room for improvement? Well, what happens is, the, the challenge is, is that when we overhaul, we put ourselves in a little bit of a challenging situation, and that is because we tend to sign two-year contracts. And because we tend to sign two-year contracts and because we tend to sign a lot of two-year contracts at the same time, mm. the off-year of when we're not signing a lot of two-year contracts, it feels like we're not bringing anyone new in. But then we get to the next year of the two-year contract cycle, mm. and it feels like we're bringing <laughs> a lot of people in. And so we, <laughs> so we have not figured out uh, how to balance a one-year contract, a two-year contract, and possibly a three-year contract. So, I, you know, that's kind of how I think through that. You know, it's players sign with us. They want a two-year contract or they want a two-year plus an extension or a one-year plus a one-year extension. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's amazing to me how, uh, you know, players sort of come in waves to a club. Uh, so it's just a, it's a really interesting process. Uh, you know, it's it, like I like I like I've said in the past. I'd rather eat the sausage than make it. And you know, in this particular case, this is this is the time when I'd just rather eat it and let's just let's just win some matches and and go, move on than try to figure out all the. There are just so many factors in why a player signs, when they sign, how they sign, how long they want to be there. You know how long they want to be at Leighton Orient, how how much money they want to be paid. You know, it's just there are so many factors, but it is amazing how you know every other year it seems like we're doing more, and every other year it seems like we're doing less. We were all pleasantly surprised that we'd managed to attract the championship player in George Moncur. I don't know to what extent you know kind of the day to day dealings of what's going on with transfers, but were you surprised that we'd attracted a? A player of his caliber? I don't think so. Again, this is one of those situations where, um, you know, there's a desire to be in a certain area of the country and to play in a certain area of the country or maybe to play for a specific manager in the country. And, and there are a number of factors that come into signing a person who is, you know, maybe one step above or maybe even two steps above of League Two. It, it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't happen. It is rare. It is rare that, that it happens. But I'm not surprised that Leighton Orient can't draw 
uh, you know, those types of players. Leighton Orient, I think, nationally, I guess, across England and across the UK, is pretty well respected primarily for what, you know, Nigel Travis has done over the last five years and, and leading our club. And so we have a bit of a reputation now. We had a bit of a reputation under Justin. We're going to have a bit of a reputation under Kenny. We're going to have another bit of a reputation under, you know, under Richie. And so hopefully, you know, may, may it long continue that we continue to draw people uh, to Leighton Orient who want to play for us, who can deliver maybe a little bit more than what we could expect. And in terms of this season then, Ken, I guess it's probably an obvious answer, but what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Obviously, great start yesterday, some great talent that's coming to the club, it it's all looks very bright ahead, but what, what are your expectations? Well, we've only got 45 matches left after yesterday, so, you know, it's a long road ahead of us. Uh, and, you know, the thing that I would say about my expectations, my expectations have been the same the last four seasons we should be finishing in the top seven. Now, maybe maybe four seasons ago, I don't get to do that. But let's uh, coming out of the National League, uh, given what happened that summer. But, you know, it for me, it's we build the club based on financials or, or we build the side, the football side. We build it based on the financials and the money that we spend and everything to where we will finish in the top seven consistently. And we have not done that. So there is something that is amiss in a certain way. But my expectations for this season are that we finish in the top seven. Um, and that's just, that's, that's how I look at it. Now, I've got some people that I ask about where we should finish. Well, all of you can go look it up uh, because I trust people who get paid uh, to get it right, and if they don't get it right, they lose money. And so now I'm talking about the bookies. But how I use the bookies is not to go make a bet because uh, I'm not allowed to do that. But hmm. how I look at the bookies is they tell me this is where we think you're going to finish. And right now they're saying we're sixth. So at the start of the season they said we would be sixth. So that's how I I kind of set my expectations around how well I think we're set up but I still believe that we should finish in the top seven as often as, as we spend that kind of money. And our bud- you're alluding to the fact that our budget is a top seven budget, just for clarity. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, yeah, we... It's a top seven budget. Top seven budget, okay. Top three budget? Yeah. No, I no. would not say that. Uh, Crawley has decided that they've got a Bitcoin or something to spend. Um, And there are some other very large clubs that are coming down uh, from League One. So I don't think we'll be in the top three. Um, And Salford. So, you know, there's three. There's three right there. Mm. Um, And and so, no, I I don't think we're top three. Top seven. Yeah. Thank you. Um, We had some questions come in on on social media, just a couple of them that we felt um, we hadn't already covered. LOFC 1881 is asking about the advertising boards. Will they be used, uh, and again, I don't know if this is within your kind of domain to answer, but but we thought we'd ask anyway. Will the advertising boards be used for the latest scores, half-times, and other social media interactions? 
Yeah, the so we have a consultant who is helping us with what shows up on that board. So that means that we're having those boards like programmed. Yeah. And there is a conversation around can we have a clock on yes. those boards or maybe even just adjacent that we could have a clock. Um, and there's also a conversation about what do, what really should be on that board consistently. Um, and I believe that we will be able to do all the things that was mentioned on Twitter uh, and maybe even some more. Now, what I don't want to get into is I don't want to get into the multimedia extravaganza that the United States has decided they have to have in every one of their stadiums where those lights are constantly blinking and constantly going off and constantly just being crazy. So I think we have to moderate between information that's being provided versus a lot of glitz and glamour and that sort of stuff. Yeah, fair. Good answer. Got another uh, question from Twitter from Stephen Orion, who says the O's appear to have invested a lot uh, in the ground, etc., behind the scenes. Does that impact on the player's budget for Richie? No, it doesn't. The player budget is set at a player budget number to make sure that we are in the top seven. And then there are other budgets that are set, capital expenditure budgets, roofs, and East Stand, and uh, uh, the pitch, and media boards, and all kinds of stuff. So it does not that budget does not impact the player budget because the player budget is one that we kind of know every year about what it needs to be to be in the top seven. And so we can, we can, we can go ahead and just put that number on the board. Um, and then from there, there are other things that we want to do to provide a better experience game day for, for late Orient fans. Given some of the signings we've had, Kent, has the budget had to be adjusted upwards um, yeah, it has been adjusted upwards. That is true. Uh, I'm not saying that it had to be. Yeah, well, um, it had to be adjusted upwards a little bit in order to um, make it to where we could sign some of the players that we signed. But it's not a massive amount of money. I mean, you know, these players... The players that we have playing for us today have been very reasonable uh, and, you know, they they love or they wanted to come to Orient pretty bad. And, you know, you, you know who we've signed, so you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and and that's, you know, and they and they're not they're not being paid some crazy, you know, wage necessarily um, for League One. But the budget did get increased a couple of different times this summer. But we're going to make room when we – it's kind of an odd thing. When, when we as a club see an opportunity to increase the chances that we will get promoted or that we will have a better fan experience, and we think that's a reasonable bet to make, we will make that. We will take that chance, Right. And, and that's because we're looking at it from the perspective of money doesn't solve every problem in the world, but sometimes it helps. Mm. 
And so how we look at it is, you know, we know we can't solve every problem with money, but we know that it can help. And so we're willing to give ourselves that room in order for it to help. Great answer. Stephen Oyen also went on to ask about the pitch, saying some areas looked a bit rough yeah. yesterday. Is that a concern so yeah. early with Spurs ladies using the ground this season? And obviously Rishi has spoken about the need for a smooth pitch for his playing style. So what we so we got a fox problem again, and we got to solve the fox problem. Remember we had this fox mm-hmm. problem a couple of years ago with your fantastic uh, t-shirt. Are, yep, the fox. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, with the t-shirt and all that. Uh, the foxes are back, and that's why there was discoloration in certain parts of the pitch with little rings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the grounds crew is doing everything they can to provide. Uh, Richie with the best surface possible. Nobody else has played on that surface yet this year. As far as, you know, the Spurs women, um, I'm not even sure how many matches they're actually going to play on the pitch, but it's not going to be a burden uh, over and above what we would expect. Uh, It might cause a little bit more wear and tear, uh, but it's not going to be excessive. And we thought about that uh, when we uh, signed the deal with them. Awesome. We didn't have anything else to, to press you on at this moment in time. Obviously, it's, we, we, we're one game in and we've won it, so there's no uh, meltdown on the Orient Outlook podcast just yet. Um, <laughs> so just to finish... Well, uh, let's, just, let's just get a loss under our belt and see where the Warriors show up. We'll be in touch. Um, <laughs> just wanted to give you an opportunity to, to have... Uh, the, the the forum, if you like, to pass a message on to Orient fans who are going to be listening to this. If you have any message to to the Orient fans for for the coming for the upcoming season, uh, I'll just I'll just say this. I think this is really important. Nigel Travis and Kent Teague are not tired of Leighton Orient. We are just as enthusiastic. Hopefully we're a little smarter, but we're just as enthusiastic and we are just as committed as we've always been to Leighton Orient Football Club. And I think it's really important the longer we have this relationship that people get reminded that we love this club. I know Nigel loves this club. He does. If you if you guys had any idea the amount of time and effort and energy and thought that he puts into Leighton Orient Football Club, you'd be amazed at the amount that he does. Because I, I know because I see it. I see how many emails he sends. I see how many times he calls me. And so I, and I also want everyone to know that I am thrilled that there is no more COVID. I am thrilled that I can be in London every six to eight weeks. The schedule that we had before, 17 and 18, that's about how often I was in London. So I just want everyone to know that we are super excited about being a part of the club. We're really glad that Coley uh, has joined the club. He's making great uh, investments of his time and his energy and his thoughtfulness. And Nick is doing the same. Nick is very thoughtful. Nick is very process driven. Nick is very smart. And so we're all doing what we can to make Leighton Orient the greatest football club it possibly can be. 
So that was Mr. Ken Teague back on the Orient Outlook podcast. Always a pleasure, never a chore to Absolutely. have a wonderful vice chairman on the podcast. Love what he had to say. You heard Refreshing. it here first. Him and Nigel are going nowhere. Their passion for the Orient is still strong <coughs> as well it ever was. So if you've been worrying about that and venting your uh, concerns on Twitter or social media or forum, you don't need to do that any longer. They are here to stay. So let's all be happy, right? Yeah. At the moment, it's all looking rosy yeah, and it's absolutely. going to be a happy podcast. And you know what? If things aren't going so well, you know, without him actually being public about it, he's having his say at board level, yeah. which is where you change things and how things change. And yeah, just, just to have somebody as open and honest and transparent. I'm sure he's in the supporters club. He was in the supporters club yesterday. I'm sure people were peppering questions at him mm. and I'm sure they got spot like honest answers he, he never shies away from a difficult question um so yeah but anyway that's kent t thank you kent really as always appreciate uh, your support uh, for this very podcast and uh, yeah what a way to kick off the season yeah what a way to kick off so back to our normal routine now so some supporters club updates for you two trips to tell you about the first two of the season coaches to crawley this saturday 6th of august leaving the club at 11am, kicking off at 3 o'clock. This one, flat fare of £25 for all categories, except for kids under 16 who travel for £13. And the next trip we go on is away to Swindon on Tuesday, the 16th of August. Coaches leave this one at half two, kicks off at 7.45. £36 for adults, £33 for concessions and £18 for under 16s. And please remember that these prices do not include your match day tickets. If you want to book for any of these trips, you can do so in the supports club, pre or post match, or by calling the travel line on 07507-539-579. And to round off our supports club update, I'm sure we've done it before, but let's do it again. Let's congratulate the supports club for their £40,000 donation towards the new floodlights that look excellent. A massive well done to all involved there. Some sterling work from the supporters club well done to everyone involved yeah absolutely brilliant so uh, some AOB for you this week we were really really saddened to learn that reporter and Orient fan I think Leeds fan and Southend yeah. fan as well Roland Lyons passed away very sadly uh, in a terrible car accident we send our condolences to all of Roland's family and friends at this very difficult time uh, we got to know him through the uh, post-match when we were able to uh, attend post-match. He was a tremendous guy, very knowledgeable guy, very quiet uh, guy actually, never made a, a fuss of, of him being there, always asked good questions as well. And we had a really, really heartfelt DM from Grant Conway, which is run and ref with GC on social media, sharing with us his memories of Roland. Uh, you can see that, it's really interesting uh, that's on the Roland on Roland's tribute page on Facebook. Yeah, some really sad news there. So yeah, Roland, you know, pleasure to know him. Like Paul said, we got to know him always a no really well. He's quite quiet until you started talking to him about football, and then he was away. Knows everything on yeah. it, and you couldn't get a word in. So yeah, like Paul <laughs> said, we send our condolences to all of Roland's family and friends. Just one more piece of AOB this week. A happy ninth birthday to Young O's fans, Chloe Hutchinson, who celebrated her birthday last week and we hope you had a lovely day Chloe and look forward Absolutely. to celebrating many more. Happy birthday to you. So let's catch up on then the fortnight that was since our last episode to a Tuesday then the 19th of July. The O's were in friendly action at home to Portsmouth 
as the game was shown live on the club's YouTube channel as opposed to the website to make it easier for fans to watch the game, which, as you all know, was a bit played behind closed doors due to the hot weather. This feels like ages ago. It, does, it feels it? like so long ago. We're going to cover so it much as briefly since. as possible. Yeah, so first half team was Vigaru, Wood, Ogie, Beckles, Thompson, Prattley, Coleman, Moncur, Trialist A, Archibald, and Paul Smith. Yeah, uh, the match kicked off in a very hot evening in E10 and a bizarre own goal from Shad Ogie gave Pompey the lead in the 16th minute and two minutes later it was 2-0 as Joe Piggott headed in across and just before half-time a nice finish from Paul Smith pulled a goal back for the O's as the, uh, as the first half finished with the O's 2-1 behind. Yeah, different team it came out for the second half of Sam Sargent, Sweeney, Dan Happy, Sodji, a trialist, Obiero, Ogie remained on the pitch, but in a different position in midfield. Clay, another trialist, Sonny Fish and Morel Sotiri. Yeah, Pack made it 3-1 for Pompey in the 52nd minute and Curtis got a fourth from the penalty spot just two minutes later. Dan Happy got a second for the O's in the 72nd minute with a close-range volley, but shortly after, Joe Piggott got his second and Portsmouth's fifth of the game, making the score 5-2, which is how... The match finished. Your yeah. views on that? I mean, I never read too much yeah, same. into pre-season, although I've never known a manager to be so kind of uh, vocal in his dislike for pre-season. Quite a few times, Richie Wellens has gone out pre-season. It's just a bit meh, like it's all about the results. I never liked it as a player. He's said quite a lot how he dis- much he disliked it as a player. Um, but yeah, like it's, it is what it is, isn't it, really? <laughs> he mentioned only having 14 outfield plays available, which at this point... When the opening game of the season was 10, 11 days away, you're looking at it and going, blimey, we could be in real trouble here. So at that point, I think a lot of those fans were quite concerned with the Grimsby game coming up. That, you know, the depth of the squad mm. wasn't where it should be at that moment in time. Fair enough. Um, and Dan Cowley made some positive Yeah, Dan well. Cow- I actually watched Dan Cowley's uh, interview. He gave a superb interview post-match. He mentioned his fondness for Leighton Orient. I didn't. I knew he was an Essex boy. Yeah. I didn't realise he was a a very local boy in yeah. terms of he used to come to watch Leighton Orient when he was a teenager. Right. Uh, he mentioned numerous links to the club. He mentioned a lot about Justin Edinburgh, about how close he was to Justin. I didn't really hadn't picked up on. Right. Probably um, from the before. Location. And he was very he's very positive. So I, I thought that was that. If, I mean, obviously that will still be up on Portsmouth's YouTube channel. It was three minutes, but he was very very. Uh, pleasant about late tonight which I thought was really mm. nice kind of blew me away a little bit so you never know Dan Cowley one day in the O's dugout never know never know I don't use pre-season results as a factor in how well we'll do in the season because I've seen us do well pre-season yeah. and have a stinker of a season I've seen us do poorly pre-season and do quite well uh, in a season and obviously everything in between um, but when you change the side for the second half and use youngsters and trialists you can't really expect yeah. much um, so that's why the second half was obviously a bit worse than the first Richie Wellens was still positive about what he wanted to get from the game which is always pleasing so yeah like on the whole it's a bit like you meh like it's just to get minutes in the legs and to get them running around so can't read too much into it we had quite a lot of feedback uh, after this game yeah we? we did and even though it's you know, a week and a half ago, I think it's all important to read a few out because it gauges the feeling and the mood on the mood yeah. at that point in time. So Spartacus nineteen fifty seven said, "We've always been told it's very important to have a good preseason. Anybody think we've had a good preseason? I must say, I'm quite worried about the Grimsby game. It's quite 
fun to read these back and mm. just go, oh, chill out a bit. But at the time, these were all, you know, there concerns. was a definite undertone of negativity and pessimism yeah. and some point apathy for the coming season. People were kind of underwhelmed the fact that we hadn't signed 20 new players. People were underwhelmed with the fact that we'd had so many injuries. People were concerned about that. Obviously, the fact that we're not getting results. Some people do judge how good pre-season is by, by the results. Yeah, you want to win every game and get your strikers scoring goals because it builds the confidence. There's no two ways about that, but that doesn't make or break a season. No, like, absolutely. I mean, Orient could go on an easy run of fixtures pre-season, right? You could go and play like Ryman League clubs, right? And win every game 8-0, but it wouldn't be doing what it was set out to do. You wouldn't be getting competitive football. Yeah. So by playing, you know, Peterborough, West Brom, Brom. Portsmouth, the bigger clubs, you might lose the game, but one of those games is much more useful than beating a... Malden and Tiptree, eight, eight nil. nil, yeah, that's yeah. pointless. All that, yeah. So bad example. Bad, I, I very poor that. example, there, Mister Levy. Just what came into my head. <laughs> One Adam Conway said, "Pre-season is supposed to inspire a bit of confidence and momentum for the season." That's a really fair point. That is. Yeah. They've lost nearly every game. To be expected when it's virtually exactly the same squad. Yeah, Dean underscore seven Cox said, "My first proper watch pre-season." It is pre-season though, and I expect the tempo to rise a lot for August, but would certainly like to see a bit more cohesion, especially when going forward. All goals conceded were avoidable, and the start of the season is only two weeks away. Yeah, good luck, Dean, in your next move. He recently left his club, yes. so good luck in whatever you're doing next, mate. Thanks very much for your engagement. You and Carter24 said, Ling's process of recruitment is really not good, but he's managed to hoodwink the hierarchy into thinking his way is best. All the other teams now have their squads in place, and sadly, again, ours is full of undercooked and lack of ability academy players. I think we've said it before on this podcast, the transfer window does not end until the end of August. August. The season might start at the end of July, but we can still bring in strength. And I think I said on the last podcast, I'm really hopeful of this season, because although we haven't signed eight, ten players... You look at the players who we've signed and they are remarkably all massive improvements on what we had. It's not like January where we signed six players and you look at these players going, who? What? Why? Mm. You look at players like Moncur, and we're going to talk about obviously Kelman and Hunt a bit later on. Archibald. These play, these play, when they spoke about League One players Tom in January, yeah. you looked at them and you went, none of your players that you've signed in January are League One ready. And we openly criticised and I think we were fair to do so that. Mm-hmm. I'd say anyone criticising the signings now needs to really take a step back and go, right, if you don't think Moncur is League One ready or Archibald is League One ready, I've not seen enough of Hunt. But from what I hear and what I saw yesterday, he looks League One ready. Kelman was an absolute revelation in this division three years ago and obviously hasn't gone anywhere, which is why he's ended up alone with us. And we'll talk about Kelman later. But as a fan who's looking back, for me anyway, I'm looking going... There are some real, real strong players already added to mm. best keeper in the league. Mm-hmm. Richie speaks about it yesterday. He says Beckles is one of the best centre backs in the league. Viggs is the best keeper in the league. If you can what get players spine. like Prattley back to his best, and yeah, you know, 37. for me, I'm I'm very hopeful. However, I always can identify with concerns that people. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But then you also add to that how quickly Tom James resigned, how quickly Adam Thompson resigned, how quickly Royal Satori resigned. You know, these players could would have probably had options to go elsewhere, yeah, maybe on better money, maybe at higher clubs. We don't know. 
But the fact that we got these three nailed down and then Theo Archibald was like literally sitting outside with his suitcase ready to come <laughs> back in yeah. and sign his contract. No, I'm speaking like metaphorically, yeah, yeah. not 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 literally. Um, but to have that, you know, those four or five players like to come back and just go, yeah, bang, we want to be here. Like some clubs are struggling to sign players and to get the bodies in that they want in. Like we've got players that openly want to be to be at our club. Like I don't yeah. see that happening. Um, to be to be honest with you, um, Casey Adams, LOFC said fans were literally pra- praising Ling the other week over the business yeah. we have done so far this transfer window. Get a few injuries and lose a few preseason friendlies, and Ling takes the brunt of it. Such a good point. <laughs> I knew you'd like point. that. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good point. Getting these contracts re-signed with these players again is part of the the process, and and he's done well to get them all done. Amazing, yeah. I, I we said at the end of the last season podcast, there were four players who will they, won't they, and I think we all have taken two. Three would have been great. Four would have been unheard of, yeah. and all four came. Yeah. And on top of that, Moncur, yeah, who I've raved about, and I'll, I'll rave about a bit later, and already with a strong spine and the attacking players we've already got, I'm happy. I'm one Leighton Orient happy fan. Tonight. I might not be next week when Crawley spank us 4-0 but I'm, ha- I'm happy tonight so well, Glenn Morris has left them now so he won't be making any cat like so <laughs> he has so there was a real tone of concern after the Portsmouth game that I get why it was there but for me personally yeah, I yeah, never yeah. had that yeah. however that was that we move on now to Saturday the 23rd of July because there's nothing in the back end of that week so it was time for our last pre-season friendly but the young O's were in friendly action they went away to Redbridge FC Lost the game 5-0. But again, it would be a good workout for those mm-hmm. young players ahead of their new season. So, unlucky young others. That's right. As you mentioned, Dagner and Redbridge away in our final preset, well, penultimate if you count, Walthamstow mm. uh, as the final yeah. one. So, the team that was announced for this one was Lawrence Vigarou in goal, Thompson, Beckles, Happy, Wood, Clay, Prattley, Moncur, Archibald, Smith and Satoru. Substitutes for this, for this were Sam Sargent, Sweeney, Ogie, Soji. Coleman, Georgiou, Obiero and two trialists. Yeah, again, we'll cover this very, <clears throat> very quickly. We took the lead in this one through Adam Thompson as he got his head on the end of a free kick. He made it 1-0 to the O's, which is how the score stayed until half-time. There were no changes at half-time, but in the 58th minute, Paul Smythe came off for trialist and shortly after, Darren Prattley and Craig Clay were replaced by Ethan Coleman and another trialist. And finally, Shadogi came on. For Dan Happy. Dagenham equalised in the 58th minute and in the 63rd, Jaden Sweeney came on for Connor Wood. In the 82nd minute, as we fast forward through this match, Dagenham took the lead through Josh Hare. And just as it looked like our pre-season fixtures would end in defeat, in the 91st minute, upstep George Monker uh, and his cross was prodded in by a trialist whose name we don't know and the game ended up. 2-2. 2-2. Yeah, it certainly did. So after the game, Richie Wellens was on BBC London. He spoke to Dave Victor. So we were lucky enough uh, to hear that interview. There are a few key points uh, that Richie went on to say. He said, our first 11 and 14 and 15, pretty strong. And under that, we need to strengthen. He said, everything on our side is ready to go. It's up to the parent club to say yes on a number nine. And obviously we'll talk about that very shortly. And he said, they'll know a lot more about central midfielder on Monday Quick views on that one for me. Like we cool. said, pre-season results don't matter. Good to see most players who you'd expect to feature in the season opener get yeah. minutes in that game. 
and get ready. Obviously, we know Ogi was suspended, uh, which is why he's kind of been phased out a little bit towards yeah. the back of that, but no problem with me. Um, so, yeah, happy. Sounds like a competitive match. Sounds like Dagenham Redbridge were quite up for it. There's a few quite hot, difficult challenges for a friendly. I think Richie said the ref let some stuff go that he would have expected to get pulled up on. But... No, no issues with me on that one. Yeah, I agree with you. However, it would be more useful if Richie Wellens had a full squad to choose from so he could have tested the starting 11 for Grimsby today. But like he said, like his you know, first 11, okay, 14, 15 maybe. So it's difficult when you want to try stuff in pre-season. You, those are the games where you can lose and it doesn't mean anything when you're trying out different tactics. Yeah. He's spoken about 4-3-3. Four two three one. There's obviously other formations and systems that he'll probably want to use throughout the season. It's always good to, to get the players thinking about their responsibilities and, and losing a game pre-season doesn't, doesn't impact you like it does yeah. in the season, obviously. We had a load of tweets come in yeah, after this. we really did. Considering it was a pre-season friendly, I thought there'd be two or three. There was an absolute ton. So yeah. it just goes to show people are well engaged uh, with the podcast and with the club and excited to this new season. So... Orient Fan TV said too many defensive mistakes creeping in at the moment. Up front scares me as well. Shortage of strikers with injuries. Big seven days coming up for the ball to support Richie in trying to sort deficiencies out. Still believe though in Richie to get it right. Yeah, David Barrett 6 said we'll be lucky to get a draw against Grimsby at this rate. Yeah, CLE3 which is a new Twitter handle underscore to me. Yeah, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, it's a decent first half but second wasn't great. Sharpness needs to improve and we still need a solid central midfielder identified by Richie Early Doors and still not here. Yeah, it's a fair point. He's talking about a central midfielder that, that didn't materialise. He spoke about one yesterday, um, post-match. He's obviously got his eye on someone, Yeah. but he's saying the club that that player is at still have yet to finish their business. So until they finish their business, they won't sell yeah. the player who we want. So I don't know if and Dave said that next round. week yeah. Richie didn't see him any clearer but it looks like Richie does have a player in mind mm-hmm. who he wants but it's a it waiting does. game now to see if A gets B and then B comes to C yeah. like if he drops yeah. if the domino effect yeah. happens so this he, is, he this knows is who he wants and I think it's like he said he's not willing to buy someone or get someone in for the sake of it he'd yeah. rather wait to get the right person in to get the, the right player at the right level for the club, so absolutely. I like it. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. And this is something that that some fans I see through their comments don't quite understand. It's not just that we're big late in order and everyone wants to come to us. There are other clubs that will have to do business to enable release of yeah, players. Of it's been explained before. Um, I think on the podcast or certainly on on uh, on Meet the Whoever and and, and on the YouTube yeah. channel. So um, yeah, interesting stuff there. Ted Talks Orient said we've had an excellent pre-seasons in we've had excellent pre-seasons in the past and then flopped in the actual season itself after being overconfident. Good point. We're certainly not overconfident for this season. Yeah, I mean the best example of that was Orient six, Newcastle one. We yes. went on to have a terrible season and Newcastle got promoted to the Premier League. <laughs> so you know <laughs> it's true. It's how you look at it. Conway <coughs> underscore Nigel said so that's the finish of a very shabby pre season all round. Hope I'm wrong, but can see us getting a pasting next week from a fire up Grimsby. Then perhaps the reality of so little transfer activity will sink in. Yeah, uh, Jason Van Lewis said it was shocking. It's a new one for me. Yeah. Welcome, Jason. Thanks for your for getting involved. It was shocking. We should have been three three up in the first half, but we just didn't take our chances. Was lucky to get a draw. Really, I'm hopeful. Once the players missing come back, 
will look a lot stronger. Yeah, Ian Hutchison, 0-8. It's a pretty poor pre-season. Fully back Wellings, but he needs the right tools for the job. Squad is weak outside of the starting eleven. Injuries are a big concern and will play a vital part in our season. Some squad players are just making up the numbers, I feel. I, I guess what we see, my presumption is, players who are currently making the best, like Obiero, uh, Fish, Sodji in pre-season, once mm-hmm. those players come back, they'll go on loan and you get them get experience You'd for imagine. Like a season. You'd yeah. imagine, yeah. Well, Young has gone on loan to, to Wildstown, hasn't he? Yeah. Young. So they'd probably be more like that. I would imagine so. Yeah. Mark Rod six three six eight nine five oh nine said we're fine. The first fourteen, if fit, are up there with most in this league. Why sign someone now who's only going to warm the bench? No one decent will become available until January. So stop moaning. Yeah. The Ward underscore seven said Rishi seems to be of the opinion we are near to where we need to be, and he knows a lot more about how to manage a football club than anyone. So I'm quite happy to go with his judgment. I suspect there will be transfer movement early next week. G Shaw Zero said, disappointed. Wellens has clearly said multiple times he wants more depth. A new quality central um, central defensive midfielder and an ability to use five full subs. The club have let him down with a lack of signings so far. Two midfielders out, only one arrived for our weakest area. Once again, we have an 11, but not a squad. Kevin Cowlins are disappointed with the injury situation, especially as it has affected uh, Tom James and our two main strikers but the friendlies about getting minutes in the tank and preparing for the big kickoff next week hopefully we'll have a couple of signings in beat Grimsby and banish negativity yeah Steve Grove 3 new one for me yeah. uh, welcome to the podcast Stephen uh, these games are about fitness and eventually tactics we have been unlucky with injuries but I believe we'll come through to show the true qualities we have at our club if we win on Saturday I think this will set us on our way. Good tweet there from yeah, Stephen. Yeah, nice moment, one. Man. The last tweet from last week was Tom D. Simmons underscore Tom, who said there's a definite difference between the feel-good factor of the last pre-season after Kenny Jackett's appointment and the downbeat atmosphere as we approach Grimsby. Nothing a couple of good signings and a win won't help, but the fan base do seem on edge yeah, at I present. That was a good way to describe it. Yeah, perfect. There, people are on edge. Absolutely right. Bit of anxiety kicking in there. So that concludes uh, yeah. the Dagenham game. So let's move on then to Sunday, the 24th of July. A very, very happy birthday to first team coach and the Ginger Pele, affectionately known by everybody in the Orient community, <laughs> Mr. Matt Harold. Yeah, I hope you had a great day. Sorry, I got it wrong. I've always had it in for the 25th of July and it turns out it's the 24th. <laughs> so can you update your wiki profile, please, mate, as well? I it's noticed it's, it's wrong easy there. now because it's your wife's birthday and if you don't remember Matt Harold's 100%. birthday, then we're in trouble. Well, friend. the 25th was my mum's yeah, birthday, so I'm that's how I always <laughs> remembered it, that he's born on the same day, but there you go. Also on Sunday, the 24th of July, it was open day at the club, Fans invited to watch a training session and meet the men's and ladies' teams. Culminated with the news, though, that Aaron Dryden has signed a new two-year contract at the club, keeping him here until 2024. Aaron went on to say, I'm absolutely buzzing. It's something the gaffer talked to me about a while ago, and I'm pleased that we are here now. Since the gaffer's come in, everyone loves loved him and what he's trying to do, how he's trying to play, and it's been nice that he's been vocal about liking me. Beardy Lejande, your views on Dryden's contract extension yeah delighted to have secured him uh, he's a hard working forward player who works well in the team he isn't too selfish perhaps that's probably a negative as well as a positive yeah. uh, want to see him score more this season than he did last season uh, I know he scored a, a bag full last season so that's good just obviously need him to stay fit yeah I think really good news for me decent showed glimpses last season 
what he can do. He's brilliant. Obviously, he had a few injuries last season, got injured in this pre-season. Richie rates him highly. Yeah. Just needs to push him on now, get through his injury, come back wearing to go. He's got some decent goals last year. Yeah, very got good. good and he's still fairly young. So, yeah, absolutely. Going to sound like a broken record, but when we were sitting here this time last season, having signed Smith, Smith, Drinnen, and we looked at their playing record, their goals to game yeah. ratios and all of that, and the exact words I remember, they stick out in my head, is like, give them a chance in Kenny Jacket's formation in a Leighton Orient shirt, and yeah. let's see how they do. <laughs> yeah. Like, we were right, yeah, to we be were. fair. Like, all right, first half of the season we were right, second half, but then the whole team didn't do so well. Just goes to show, doesn't it? And here we are, seeing him stay for an extra extra two years on yeah. top. Again, the culture. Culture's got to be correct, and the mood's right. got to be right. We had one tweet from Samuel LOFC97, who tweeted us earlier in the day, who said, people not the open day, join a new two-year deal. Striker hopes to be done today and announced Tuesday or Wednesday. Brown and Smith should be available for Saturday. And also, he had a conversation about players, said they've been offered loads, as in the club have been offered loads, but we don't want, quote, bit players, want best players in the position. So, good little round up there. Thank you for thinking of us, Samuel, at the open day. We, we hope everyone had a great day meeting everyone. Absolutely. So, Monday the 25th of July, then at 4 o'clock, the club announced the season-long loan signing of forward Charlie Kelman from QPR. Yeah. yeah. This quote, I believe, was uh, Charlie, who said, to start the window, the interest was there. QPR wanted to make sure that it was the right loan for me, and it certainly feels like it is. I'm ready I'm excited to get going now and I'm happy to be here at Leighton Orange. Me personally, I'm delighted with this one. I think Charlie Kelman is a young player. He's done well at this level before. He got a big move, if you remember, to QPR off the back of his form at Southend. Uh, I'd much rather go for a player at the Championship who's been there in League 2 mm. than go for someone from a Premier League team who's never played a proper competitive game uh, previously. So I think Kelman ticks all the boxes for me we're lucky enough to have had many guests over the years. We had Chief Scout Steve Foster here a couple of times. I remember Coleman coming up in conversation with Steve Foster going, he's one hell of a player. Won't look at coming to Orient now as it stands. And he was right because he went up to the championship. Obviously, he never broke through QPR. Had an okay spell at Gillingham. I think he got two in 16. I think most of those 16 were sub appearances. So he didn't play like full mm. 90 minutes. It was back end of games. Obviously, got sent off in his last game for Gillingham, which means he was suspended for yesterday. But I think if Kelman can get game time and get in a routine playing 90 minutes every week, I think he'd give us a real headache uh, in terms of squad selection because I think he's real competition uh, for Aaron Drynan and Harry Smith and Royal Satoru as that front central striker. And I loved what he had to say about he's got points to prove now. Yeah, he got a big right. move when he was young. Everyone thought he was the big lad at Southend, which he became because he was so good. He's got a points to prove now for Q- people at QPR and for this division to go, oh, he moved too soon and he wasn't the big fish that he thought he was. So for me, yeah, we spoke about getting in better players than what we've got. Yeah, I think had we got a lone kid in from Tottenham, it wouldn't have been any better than what we got. But I think Charlie Kelman is good better yeah. than what we got. And you know, Richie's been very complimentary about him in training this week. And I think Kelman, if we get him the right service, could be an absolute revelation for us. 100% agree. I think he's probably coming to the end of his three-year deal if he signed a three-year deal with QPR. Because he didn't sign it during lockdown. I think it was before lockdown. So I'm assuming he's probably coming to the end. They probably want to see what he can do before they offer him a contract as well. So send him out to a you know a solid London yeah. London club, see what he can do. And I believe 
they paid a decent QPR paid a decent I, fee. I for feel it. like it was half a million at the time. I can't big quite money. remember, but it was decent. Big money. It was decent money. But God you, you would have seen done with it. You would have seen the goal that he scored from like the halfway, halfway where he looks line, up yeah. and just pings it in. So for so, me personally, yeah, really yeah, excited. Hot, yeah, absolutely agree with you. I hope he gets games where we can see what quality he has. He scored the penalty a penalty against us in the Carabao Cup. Yes, in the he did. Game yeah, of the season last season. So yeah, um, interesting signing. Uh, where's he gonna fit? Be interesting to see. Best thing for me, I think, if we're now enjoying and Harry Smith and Russell too is sitting there going, oh, new striker coming in on loan, it's Charlie Kelman. I think you would have seen their eyebrows raise a little bit at each other and go, bloody hell, we've got yeah. some competition here. Yeah. It's not some kid who's going to not even be able to make it to around. So, yeah, yeah, love it. On Tuesday, the 26th of July, on Orient 11, travel to Walthamstow FC. So, as you'll know, Walthamstow John FC, John Mackey, the skipper, uh, players uh, in the squad from the extended squad and the academy. We're not going to cover this one in too much detail. We won the game 3-0 with goals from Fish, Tanga and Georgiou. So a decent result there. Absolutely right. Wednesday the 27th of July was the 106th anniversary of the passing today. We remembered William Jonas, who gave his life for the 17th Battalion, the Middle Six Regiment, at the Battle of the Somme. Still makes the hairs on the back yeah, of my neck stand up. Absolutely does. Really and that wasn't now. all for the day. It's late in the evening... Out of nowhere, really, I think this one. The club announced the signing of defender Rob Hunt, who left Swindon in the summer. He signed a two-year deal, and he can play left and right back. Your views on this one, Mr Levy? Good age. Yeah. Good age. Can play in key positions. Worked with Richie Wellens before, twice before, so like Kent was alluding to earlier, um, including the season that they won League Two. So clearly he's a, a good pedigree. Local as well. And I've noticed in the last couple of years, we seem to have recruited players that want to come back yep. to the area. They've moved away for footballing reasons. Now they're looking to come back. Connor Woods, Adam Thompson, Omar Beckles, for example. Yeah, good point. Um, so it's really interesting now that players are more keen on, I guess lockdown has probably done that and, and the pandemic has probably made people's mindset shifts thinking, actually, if something ever happens, I want to be near my family again. Um, so that's good. Uh, local boy, uh, very, very happy with this. Um, yeah, and he was on trial with Crawley uh, in pre-season as well. So, you know, pleased that if we've potentially snatched him away from <laughs> yeah. a fellow League Two club. Your views? Perfect sense, this one to me. I imagine, I said this at the time, I imagine he comes straight in at left-back competition. I think left-back was the only place where you go, other than Connor Wood and maybe Shadogi, but we haven't really played Shadogi left-back in a long time. Mm. So he gives good competition for Connor Wood. Uh, good age, like you said. Good pedigree, yeah. a decent experience for his age. Knows Richie, Richie knows him. Richie obviously trusts him to bring him in. Uh, and we know what we're getting. So yeah, really, really happy with this one. So ticks all all the boxes. I did. We did get some tweets tagged to us from Swindon fans saying, if you keep him fit, you've got the best left back in League 2. Mm. Bar none. Amazing. So good to see that his ex-club still tweeting. Always a good thing, in it? Very highly. So yeah. yeah, really, really happy with that one. Yeah, Richie uh, was a quick quote from him. He said, he's a player that's so versatile, he can play anywhere. One of the best two-footed players I've worked with. Yeah, high praise indeed. Rob went on to say, I've played in a couple of positions, left back and right back. I like to get forward and attack, get assists and maybe get a few goals, keep clean sheets and defend well. So it's fair to say, happy. Provides that wing-back solution that Connor Wood... I think Connor Wood is a four, a left back in a four, four four two, like in it. 
a left back in a four formation. But if you're playing wing backs in like a three five two, Tom James we know can do that. That's what Kenny brought him in for. Yeah. Sounds like this Rob could do it as well. So actually, it gives a very different dynamic when you play Rob Hunt versus Connor Wood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there. So Thursday the twenty eighth of July and Friday the twenty ninth. Two quiet days as a club. We're all looking forward to the start of the 22-23 season. Yep. Some fans I know were fretting over the fact they hadn't got their season, oh, t- yes. season cards at this point. So hope you all got your season cards. I know our mate Chris unfortunately didn't because there's been a mix-up <laughs> there, but I'm sure the club will sort it. I've got to say, I like the season card design. It's quite smart. Didn't I was quite happy. Attention to oh, honest. I did. I thought it looked much better than the previous one. So okay, good. I'm a man who's easily pleased. Yeah. <laughs> Just notices these things. So Saturday <laughs> the 30th of July then, the main event of the day was the first game of the 2022-23 season or Grimsby Town at home before the game as always on a Thursday we run a Twitter poll to find out how you think the O's will get on in this one and we had 292 votes which is a tremendous amount in 24 hours and the voting is as follows ended as follows well 23% thought we would lose along with 23% thought we would draw so Quite evenly split there. But the resounding winner, 54% of the vote, was the Orient win. So thank you to everyone who voted. And remember, these don't take place just at the start of the season. These take place every week. So those 292 of you who voted... Keep voting. An yeah. Orient Twitter poll is not just Thursday. for the start of the season, it's for the whole season. <laughs> it's for life. <laughs> it's uh, Thursday night for 24 hours. So the team was announced at 2pm, the first one of the season, with Lawrence Figueroa in goal, Thompson, Beckles, Happy, Hunt, with James, Prattley, Moncur, Archibald, Smith and Sitoriu to make up the balance of that team. Substitutes were Sergeant, Sweeney, Clay, Georgiou, Obiero, Fish and Smith. Yeah, okay. So for me, strong start in 11. That was what I thought it would be. No problem with that. Bench a bit weaker and an experience mm. than you'd like it to be. The question that everyone probably was asking was, where's Connor Wood? Mm-hmm. Which no I mention of him. Don't think we've had an answer on that one. I don't yeah. think he was mentioned, not even on the bench. So surprising there. Ethan Coleman. A few rumours coming in that he played for Bromley yesterday. Really? Really indeed. Ethan yes. Coleman playing for Bromley. They had they had a trial they had a trialist in central midfield who wasn't named, but a few rumours into the inbox um, oh, suggested that. that he'd started for that. I don't know if it's true or not, but he wasn't in the squad, right. not injured, been rumoured to be at Bromley. But obviously when Drynan, Ogie and Coleman are all fit and available, they walk onto that bench and you'd imagine players like Fish, Obiero and Sweeney would drop out, which gives it a much stronger squad mm. Mm. balance, plus the one player who isn't here yet you'd expect mm. to be here. So, for me, no real surprises there. What about you? Yeah, same. I, I, I agree. I think uh, good, good, strong start in eleven, but I think that we are, um, I think we are a little bit weak um, on the bench. Um, also noted that are we going three five two with James and Wing? As uh, James and Hunt as wing backs. If so, I assume that's probably why Wood isn't in the squad. Um, but taking into account, we can make five substitutes. The bench, right? You're right. Is 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 quite weak in that regard. But as it turned out, Tom James was played uh, as a t- uh, as as a midfielder. Four, two, three, one. He's played as a as a holding or defensive midfielder. Yeah, I think he's played it, hadn't he, against Peterborough? Yeah. And obviously, he's such a good good technician of the ball. Yeah. To cover while players are still injured, that he fits in there 
quite nicely. It's good that he can do so. So a few tweets pre-match. Gorillas, yeah. Yeah, 1985. Really yeah. Said so confused. Hunt says in his interview he's played no pre-season games and Wood isn't in the squad. Five defenders starting and still a very inexperienced bench. Yeah, no, he, he did. I don't think he's done a pre-season training, but I think he's played games because I, I know he's on trial yeah. at Crawley. Uh, Lee, so I hope that helps you. Rich Denem said, anyone else think Connor will be gone before the end of the window? I hope not, but just doesn't look like a manager fans, any manager fancies him. Yeah, good point. I guess we'll see how the one with Connor Wood plays out. Yeah. So the match kicked off on a warm and sunny Saturday afternoon in E10 in front of a packed stadium which had the new digital advertising boards and floodlights as the crowd applauded for a minute before kick-off in tribute to Roland Lions, a nice move by the club there. Absolutely right. Notice that they didn't do the knee yesterday. Ah, so okay. I think some clubs and players might might start to phase that out now, but to, or they replaced it for this game. I don't know if that's going to be a continuing good spot. Uh, just four minutes into this match, George Moncur tested Crocombe in the Grimsby goal with a curling effort, but he was equal to it and palmed the ball away. Yeah, four minutes later, Satoru fired a shot just wide of the post after some good work from George Moncur. Good build-up play, especially the press and desire shown to win the ball back in that particular move was fantastic. Decent start. Yeah, Decent very start. strong. Golden chance in the 11th minute for Grimsby following a, uh, a good move. Effie escaped Hunt in the middle of the six-yard box and his close-range effort was goal-bound, but fortunately Lawrence Vigarou, uh, I think it was his thigh, managed to make that safe. I don't think Vigarou knew much about it, to Agreed. be honest. I think great move from Grimsby. They opened it up Switched the ball Switched right to left yeah. Really quickly Overlap. Perfect delivery If he hits it Anywhere else on target It's a goal yeah. He tries to be a bit Well I don't think I don't think to be fair to, If Fete knows where What he's doing <coughs> I think he just Head down Get on target And Viggs is the right place Right time But yeah. you know If that was a one-off By Bigger You go right Lucky save But he's made numerous saves Like that yeah. In his two and a half years here. will continue to do so Well played Viggs A good keeper Will always be in the right place At the yeah, right time absolutely That's Same how he reads it Absolutely right Game changing safe though. If that goes in, correct. I think if that goes in, Spot the on. mood in the crowd turns goes very quickly. I think the Grimsby fans, who were pretty loud anyway, get even louder, and I think you see the mood change. So big, big moment there, and hopefully, you know, it'll be the same for the rest of the season. Thirteenth yeah. minute in, a Grimsby corner, we intercepted. We got a superb ball played forward to Paul Smith. He did well to control the ball. Held off his man, he advanced towards goal and he shot from a tight angle, which was saved by the feet of Crocombe. So, two collected the loose ball and then he had a shot which went wide off the goal. So, pretty end to end stuff, pretty yeah. decent decent half. Good start. 18 minutes on the clock now. Theo Archibald chipped the ball into Paul Smith, who controlled the ball and drilled a shot just wide of the post. He's so dangerous, Paul Smith. If you keep him fit, he will be. He will help take us up, you know, with the likes of Moncurs and the Archibalds and, and the others. There's just a core element that are, are far too good for League Two. They shouldn't be in League Two. So we're very great I'm very grateful that we've got them. His touch to control the chip from uh, Theo. Theo is unbelievably good. And the ball from Theo was inch perfect. The guy can put it on a fifty pence piece. It's just incredible. Great it's ball. Such a pleasure to watch. Great ball. Such a pleasure to watch. Great ball. And like you said, that's the that's the attacking options you have it they those players are too good for yeah. League Two. It's just keeping them fit. And the more they play together, and George Moncur mentioned this in his post-match, the more he plays, the better he'll get. George Moncur hasn't played much 90 minutes of football over yeah. the last two or three years. Yeah. Get him to And same with Paul Smith as well, due to his injuries. The more Correct, they play yeah. together in the starting lineup, the better they'll get. And if they're not good enough, then you've got quality off the bench in Satoru right. or Harry Smith or Drynan or Kelman to go, right, you haven't played well today, you're off, all right. 
you coming on the pitch now, you show me what you can do and put pressure yeah. on the players coming off. So, yeah, really and it's exciting those times. Moments, it's those particular moments in a game that can help change a game in your favour. That that little deft chip that he did into Paul Smith, that touch and control to get the ball down and then fire his shot off. He'd be disappointed he didn't get it on target. But the fact that we're in those positions means more often than not, if we're going to get in them, he'll probably bury. If he buries one in four, that, that could change a game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's fast forward into the 34th minute. We got were awarded a free kick just outside the box after Smith was judged to have handled the ball from Paul Smythe's shot. Upstep George Moncur, pretty central to goal. He took a lovely free kick. It flew just wide of the goal. That was very close. His technique, There's he, nothing he in kind it. of snaps at the ball. His yeah. foot doesn't go back. It just snaps the ball yeah. and it just flies. No run up. Very close. Very clever. Same with the penalty as well. It doesn't need a massive run up. He, he takes a very, his leg, like his foot just snaps the ball and gets the pace on it yeah. very quickly. Just the power he can get in that yeah. short uh, drag back. More great play and Smith being Smith again forcing the free kick. I think I think, um, I think we did well there. Really good play. Yeah, 36 minute double chance for Grimsby as Rigaru made a mess of his first strike. Clifton was there to follow up and he forced a good safe off balance from Vic. So even though we were looking all right, Grimsby were looking a bit like themselves. Yeah, they've looked, they've had an open, literal, almost an open goal to score from and, and Lawrence Vigaru's uh, been called into action there. Five minutes of time was added on at the end of this half. Tom James was booked in the first minute for a foul and Rob Hunt went in the book as well. Two minutes after that, the referee bought this half and the first 45 minutes of the season to a close, a close with the match being goalless yes. at this point. So goalless at half-time. Attendance announced at 8,557 with 1,242 away fans. You've got your hand up there. Is that bums on seats or people that <laughs> bought tickets? Because there are some clubs that announce their attendances based on the amount of tickets that have been bought, not the amount of people that have walked through a turnstile. I know Arsenal do that. Some Prem clubs do that because obviously it makes it look fuller than it is. That's just like... When you think that the East, I'm not judging the club, it's great that 8,500 people have bought a ticket for that game, season card holders included. But when you think you can not have 15% of the East stand, which is 3,500 people, 3,500 people, that's pretty much just that 15% yeah. that weren't there, uh, that, that couldn't be there for safety reasons. I know an awful lot of people I mean? who couldn't go yesterday because of holidays and birthdays and childcare or whatever. I was surprised the attendance was that high. Yeah. I think we'll just leave that one there. No, that's fine. That's all right. <laughs> we'll pay our VAT. It's fine. No changes at half-time for the O's. Second half got underway. Grimsby fired a warning shot just one minute into the half as Morris somehow shot wide from 12 yards. But huge turning point. A minute later in the game, we were awarded a penalty as Waterfall, which just to have handled in the box from George Monker's shot. And the referee pointed to the spot. Not sure that was a handball, but I know there's new rules and laws about it and people are refs seem to apply them in different ways. We don't have VAR or any, anything like that. But it's a good piece of good fortune for us and I'll take it all day long because I know that there will be games where we will get harshly done. Yeah. And so I will take that piece of good luck. Absolutely. I mean, and I will run with it and love <laughs> it and hug it and kiss it all day long. I don't know what else Waterfall could have done. Like, to move himself out of the way, yeah. It, the ball's coming at such close hands. range mm. on his face. If he doesn't adjust his body, he's <coughs> taking a ball to the face. So, yeah, love it. Loved it when the penalty was awarded. So, upstep George Moncur. He struck his penalty low and hard into the bottom right-hand corner to beat Colcombe. We were in the white way and he scored the first Orient goal of the season and his first Orient goal to make it 1-0. So, like I said before, decent penalty. Mm. I think we spoke about this um, 
in the last episode when he missed his penalty against West Brom or mm-hmm. it was saved mm-hmm. I, he will take all our penalties and set pieces I think this season yeah, great. from there so Makes took sense. it really well and for me he, he'll easily get into double figures this season if he can stay fit all season just That's because right. of the chances he'll get it's what we missed last season a yeah. scoring midfielder first penalty scored by the O's in the league in 921 days, believe it or not, and I'm sure you can believe that. I can believe that. Yeah, Paul Skinner, 88, tweeted saying, first league pen scored since Josh Wright in January 2020. Yeah. And Josh Wright tweeted a mate and said, yeah, that's the first penalty that we've we've scored um, since my one back in back yeah. in Jan as well. Um, I, I think if if it didn't have the pace on it, the keeper would have got that. So it's good that he's, it well. he's, he's taken it. And he one. wanted it straight away. As soon as the ball goes to the spot, Sorry, the ref points to the spot. He goes and grabs the ball. Yeah, That's right. Well, he knows, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 56 minutes on the clock, just three. Um, it was the second goal of the game. And what a goal it was. Always be remembered as Grimsby failed to clear a corner. The ball came out to Tom James, who was a good 30 yards, possibly 35 yards out. And using his slightly weaker left foot, got his hip up and over the ball and smashed through the laces into the top corner. Absolute worldie of a goal already. The ET Clay uh, goal of the month and season sponsors are already claiming that's the winner. For, uh, for well, there's only one for July. <laughs> um, that's true. But, but for the season, um, great technique, great goal. Yeah, I mean we're not we're never going to do it justice. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has seen it, it. But the way he adjusts his body, the way it's bouncing towards him, and I it think just it will sits never up beautifully. It will never strike a cleaner ball than the one he strike there. An amazing goal, amazing techers. Uh and from being, you know, nil nil at half time, just eleven minutes in the second half, we're two nil up, looking quite comfortable. Moncler's got his first goal of the season. James has <clears throat> scored an absolute sensational goal and you're thinking, happy days, mm. one start to the season. Absolutely right. Absolutely <clears throat> right. Uh, 58 minutes on the clock, or in, first or in substitution as Rob Hunt was replaced by Craig Clay with Tom James moving to left-back. Yeah, made perfect, perfect <laughs> sense. XOJMD came on for Grimsby in the 58th minute. Quite a lot of um, comments, comments on our Twitter feed about being booed. Uh, JMD being booed harsh, I think. I think. He'd done all right for us. Yeah. You know, was pivotal at points in the yep. promotion season and, you know, f- unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, all right, so 62nd minute, George Moncur shot over the bar after receiving a cutback from Tom James. And we went close again in the 68th minute after Theo Archibald Fain taking a free kick, confused the hell out of Grimsby. He's chipped the slice just over the bar by Clifton for a corner. Yeah, it was the second Orient sub in the 75th minute as Paul Smith was replaced by Harry Smith. And our third sub was made five minutes later as Royal Soturio was replaced by Jaden Sweeney. Yeah, good to see Sweeney get on the pitch. Bit of experience there. 86 minutes in. Omar Beckles picked up his standard yellow card, let's be honest, <laughs> for a trip by McAtee. Five minutes of additional time and in the first minute, Theo Archibald was denied by Crokham. Yeah, Theo caused their defence chaos all day long. He and did. Nothing Deserved a goal, to he be He did, fair. he did. It's coming. Don't worry. Yeah. Next game, hopefully. Nothing else to note to report on this one. So the referee brought the match to a close, but he was starting the season off strongly, winning 2-0 to get three points on the board and a clean sheet. Yeah, Richie Wellens' interesting interview is on YouTube. Thanks to Dave for sending that in to us, but I think now it's uh, slightly older, we'll move on. And as this is a bumper show, uh, we'll move on. League table is too early to do. Too early, so. too early though. If you look at it now, we're fourth in the league. That yes, most right. fans are happy with. But yeah. Walsall, top after the Fox in the box. Fox. The DJ... 
Scott's hat trick. I've noticed now when he first joined Orion, he never kind of played up to the DJ. That was all based on David. That called an England DJ. Now when Danny Johnson scores, he does the old DJ thing yeah, all did. the time. That was never a thing. So David, though, you should be uh, copywriting that because he's sold out a few, Dave. Yeah, absolutely right. But we also <laughs> won't understand it, so it doesn't matter. All right. But no, he did well. They won five nil and and Four. this. 4-0, and yeah, him getting three of them. Yeah, all right. So your views on yesterday, Bearded Legion? Yeah, look, delighted to start the season off with a win at home in front of a near-capacity crowd, although it really didn't look that full. But uh, there you go. We had a bit of luck go our way. Uh, we scored our first penalty in two and a half years, and the early contender for goal of the season rounds up a very, very good day of football. There seems to be an air of, I think that's right, nervousness, anxiety yeah. perhaps, pessimism amongst many fans who I've spoken to probably part driven by the lack of new signings as we've discussed earlier with, with Kent coupled together with the injuries but in Richie Welland and as you can hear from Kent the board we trust and when we have a full squad I think Richie Wellens is going to have an awfully bad night's sleep the night before a game choosing who is going to start that game I know obviously that's probably not the right way to phrase it probably yeah, a couple of days mean. before you know it's going to cause him headaches he's not going to like it but that's the uncomfortable position that we want our managers to be in where he's got you know, 15 to 18 players who should be starting and he can only choose 11. Yeah, absolutely. You? Yeah, I mean, I've been quietly confident, really, and I, like I said, I said it in the last episode and I, this was the performance I'd expected, in, in all honesty. Like we said, pre-season, you're never going to get an idea of how well you're going to do in the season. Grimsby played like I thought they'd play, like started well. As we went one up and two up, they just couldn't handle us and we saw it out. A few scares, but you'd always get scares with Orient. Like you're never going to get, or very rarely get, a match where it's all plain sailing. So mm. that was always going to happen. I think this game will, will always be remembered for the Tom James goal. You know, that's how people will remember it. Won't be remembered for anything else. That Tom James goal will be spoken about in many, many years to come. But like I said before, I really think Moncur is the missing piece of the puzzle. He mm. just enables everything else to happen in the team around the game and. Again, in his post-match interview that he done, which is on YouTube, just his confidence in himself. Like he's a winner. Like I've not seen many Orient players like speak with that self-confidence, or when they have, I haven't believed them mm. when they've spoken about it. It's you, just media talk. You just yeah. listen to him and go, "What are you doing here? Like, why are you here at League Two? Like, and I, and that's a great job that Kent and Nigel and Martin and Richie have done to convince him to drop down. But you look at him and you're like, "You you are League One ready." Like you look at him and go, "You you should be League One." Like you should not be in League Two, and it's amazing that we've got him. Or at like back at Luton, for example, lower budget. Yeah, he, he shouldn't. Club he like shouldn't. That where he should be? It's yeah. just lucky that he wanted to go back to Loughton, his family in Loughton, where's the nearest League football club to Loughton that can afford him? Because obviously he's not going to go to West Ham. He looks at Leighton Orient, and the deal's done. So I think Moncur really is the big piece of the puzzle. He has to stay fit, and like we said earlier, if you can keep Moncur fit and Paul Smith and Theo Archibald those three players will create numerous opportunities for your forward. So whether it's Drynan or Satiriu or Harry Smith or Charlie Kelman, it would be a, it's a dream for a centre-forward having those three play behind you and around you because they're going to create you chances. And also, if you can get Darren Prattley back to his best pushing forward, because we know he's more of an eight than a four, then this team should have goals flowing through it. So amazing. But you know, to round it up, great start. Two goals towards the south stand, which is always good. Scored the penalty, so the pendant penalty jinx is always gone, yeah. which is good. True. And we've seen a screamer. Clean sheet, great individual performances that I think everyone's really happy with. That'll do. It's a win. And also, again, it improves fitness. 
because it's another 90 minutes in their tank and it will prove the confidence to some of those players to go out and get a win mm-hmm. in their first game. So they'll be buzzing all week and now they've got five days on the train ground mm. to go and prepare for Crawley and it'll be a great dressing room because I think we've seen through the pre-season videos and the series that, Luke, that the club have done that there's a good dressing room in there and there's mm. some good characters. Richard will play up to that and get the best out of them. Mm. So I imagine it's going to be a very, very positive week all round. I like those behind-the-scenes videos. Yeah, really it's interesting good. It's insight. Good. It's great yeah. insight. And the camaraderie with the, with the players over the table tennis in Portugal. Well, let's say if the culture wasn't right, those videos wouldn't be getting right out because you wouldn't be able to get the content there. Yeah. So it's, so to show that they can get the content out there shows you that something's right Absolutely. in that dressing room. It's yeah. building a mood and a culture. So... Yeah, it ticks all the boxes for me. Absolutely. So those were our views. We had a huge amount of feedback that came into uh, our social media accounts after this match. And as you know, our social media accounts are available for sponsorships. Yes. Get in touch. Let us know if you are looking to promote something, promote a business. We'd love to help give you an audience and a platform to be able to do that. So get in touch with us. And again, just because we're about to read the following tweets, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. We read for balance. Barry Twin kicks off with the very first tweet of the 22-23 season. says, anyone else a little bit in love with George Monker? I am. I heavily miss it. Ian David, David, one, two, three, four. It's his first game. Dubious penalty. Poor F. Incredible goal. Great to keep a clean sheet. Good performance at times. Lots to improve on. Ecstatic at home win. Some great individual performances. Yeah, Richie J. Bourne said, quality performance. What a great strike by James. Credit to Moncur for taking responsibility from the spot. And we finally score a penalty. Many more positives to take from that. Shrimpy underscore boy says, Moncur is going to be an absolute maverick for us this season. Not entirely convinced by James in central midfield or Thompson at right back. But I trust in Richie. And I guess when that holding midfielder comes in, and Richie said it in his post-match, that James can go back into right-back. Yeah, and so what happens Thompson, to Adam Thompson? can go back into competition for either a right-back place or a centre-back place. Yeah. Again, it's pushing those players in those positions to be better. Because if they're not, then you've got good... Mm. Adam, good was, Adam was played at right-back for last at the back end of last season. Obviously, we didn't have Tom James yeah. back. And he did well he's, at he's times. Like, really well. Uh, so vers- I remember commenting on the podcast about yeah. that as well. Uh, safe hands zero zero said be interesting to see if he continues to play James in midfield didn't see that coming great result such a dynamic trio we have in Moncur Archibald and Smythe if we can keep it tight at the back we'll win plenty because we're bound to score goals I hope yeah record blue apps a good second half performance by the footballing institution Moncur looks a good sign <laughs> James played well midfield a good start to the season anyone else find the advertising boards a bit too much of an eyesore Felt like adverts changed almost every 10 seconds in the first half. I must admit, when I watched uh, the Football League highlights on ITV4 really now, yeah. no, there's a lot of clubs who didn't have those last season who have got them in now. I really noticed it. Maybe it's because I already got them in and I'm, I'm, I noticed it I'm more. I'm aware of it, yeah. But clubs like Bristol Rovers who definitely didn't have them last season, it was yeah. very visible in some of the, in the highlight reels. That yeah. was, so I guess, I guess that's the norm now in football. Because like... Mark Devlin said, "You can you can do more with them and acclimatize them to whatever you want to do with them. Essentially, so mm-hmm. I think that, I think that I think that's going to be the way forward." Uh, Paul Daniel underscore D forty four said, "Thought the game could have gone either way until we got the pen. James was not having a great game until he scored one of the best goals in Orient's history. We have some absolute quality players, and I believe there is a lot more to come from this team." Yeah, Dave Brew four seven nine seven six nine one one. The second half was really good after not too convincing first. 
Tom Jones proved he can't play midfield. I'm not sure that's say he can play midfield. I presume it should mean can. But what a strike for the goal. Thought that Dan Happy was excellent. Theo was giving a number three the runaround and a great penalty for Moncar. Long may it continue. A name who's gone under the radar is Dan Happy. So mm. don't forget Dan Happy came back. Pretty bad injury in February. Yeah. Like, done his leg pretty bad. Brain, it? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Exeter. Oh, Exeter. Beg your pardon. He's yeah. come back had, and only really, let's be honest, got into that team to yesterday because Shadogi was suspended. I don't yeah. think he would have walked back in. However, he's given Richie a great headache going into yeah. next Saturday. Does Richie go with Ogie, who would have been his first choice, or does he go, right, actually, Happy's been immense next to Beckles. Yeah. I'm actually going to start Happy and Ogie. Yeah. You've got to play now to get back in Correct. the team. So I'm going to, I great think headache to have. I think that's the first selection. I think it's Dan Happy's shirt to lose. Now. I think it's Happy's shirt to lose. I think it'd be very harsh if I Ogie Dan, walks I'm back into the team. I'm a big team. fan of Dan Happy. I know some people might not be, but I'm a big fan of Dan Happy. Get I think happy. He reads the game well and he's a good part distributor of the ball, a la kind of Matt Baudry. Yeah, good like, shot. Brings it left out, gets you up the pitch. Yeah, and he's naturally left footed. Yeah. Yeah, good, 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 uh, good headache for Richie to have. Yeah, painting orient said some lovely link up play, especially between Moncur and Theo, well above League Two level. That meant we bossed the second half. Tom James in midfield had its fantastic moment and otherwise he allowed others to flourish in their usual positions. Yeah, good, good, good take on it. Len Chin Chin wanted a very satisfying result. First chance to see how the players performed. Thought that everyone played at their best. A win and a clean sheet. The future looks very promising provided we can take a few more of those chances and try to avoid injury and yellow cards. Sky is the limit. Rizzo Capasso underscore one. Welcome to the podcast. That's a new Twitter handle for me. Enjoyable game overall. Should have been out of sight in the first half when we were getting through uh, on their goal with ease. At times, we were a bit too slow or casual in centre mid and lost possession. Grimsby wasted two or three decent opportunities from those situations. Interesting take. Yeah, good take. Mm. Les OK52 said, Monco and Theo, superb. Did anyone see Theo? Did a Rabona against their fullback? A fantastic afternoon. And if we are lucky with injuries this season, we could be something special. I think that's the key. I think injuries obviously will play a part oh, yeah. at some point in yeah. the season. Players so aren't going to get injured. So right. suspensions. They've yeah. just got to be lucky with it. Because like I said, that starting eleven, I think, is a, is a very strong one. And yeah. obviously you look at Paul Smith and Hope following last season, that was injury play, but he can just get a good couple of months of football yeah. under his belt. And Theo as well. ALB5399 said, I thought we were solid overall, created plenty of chances, good football on the whole, and dominated the game. Special shouts to Prattley, James and Smith, who were unplayable, and George Monker, what a baller. <laughs> Mark Pry, 59820877, another new Twitter handle, lots of them coming up tonight. Gress's great result, like Prattley playing further forward. Not sure James would play central midfield if I was a fit. Great penalty, excellent game management after going to up, and James's goal was amazing. It's good to see Darren Prattley getting a lot of plaudits. Mm. Again, 37 you know, years didn't old have the best season last season. Ahead. I think it was a bit of a yeah. disappointment at points, but looks to be almost a new player. Yeah, captain still. Yeah. Uh, a Cowan4676 said, odd game, but deserved the win whilst not at our best. Coming back early, heatwave disrupting pre-season and fitness levels. We'll see how that impacts the first few games. I feel that a false nine system could work for us versus more physical teams, but looking forward to having some to having some strikers. Well, okay, 300 said solid performance all round, but great game management towards the end. Moncur looks a class above, and Prattley looks reborn. Magnus Pugna really enjoyed it. Moncur looks class. Again, another fan of Prattley said, 
practically was solid. A few didn't look as sharp as they will in a few games when I think will be a real threat. Thought Thompson did not have a great game and worried about Hunt coming off. Thought the crowd were great. He's being managed off because he's not had a proper yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Richie said that in his post-match. Vince Howard, 73, said an enjoyable afternoon. Went off the ball in the first half but finished strong. What a goal from James though and we actually scored a penalty. Then we've got Conno with the advertising boards. <laughs> They're obviously second-hand by the number of pixels missing only three sites? Yeah, so only on the south, uh, east, and basically for the TV. Yeah. And and the north stand, not on the not west. on the west stand. Yeah. Tricky that. Uh, Orion underscore Ed said, well, a very solid start, but that's all it is. A start should have been a couple up in the first 25, uh, but we still looked iffy at the back, though Hunt did well, and although Vigoru made a couple of errors, he got lucky to escape without being punished, but Tom James's goal, what? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. SR Barber, 1986, has enjoyed today. A bit rusty at times, but really enjoyed watching our attacking trio and thought Monko and Prattley were superb. If we bring in one or two more for depth and avoid long-term injuries, we should do well this season. Steve Chaplin 4 said, Grimsby might have had two in the first half. One a bad finish, one a brain fade from Vigaru. Having said that, we created chances as well. Second half, Grimsby faded, and once the second goal went in, that was that. Overall, Decent first game of the season. This mile made me laugh. Ben Whitlock, 13. says, not a bad goal by our right back. Playing in central midfield. Hitting it with his left foot. To be rewarded with playing the rest of the game at left back. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Philip Wicello said, perfect start to the season. I love George Monker's post-match interview. Invoking the almighty for helping end Leighton Orient's penalty scoring drought. If he really is on our side, then surely promotion this season is but a minor yeah, miracle. Good tweet there, Philip. Leon Offen said, I think Moncur looked like the midfield player we have all been looking for over the last few years. Good start and excited that we still have players to come in and that we're not involved, that, sorry, that, that were not involved today. Yeah, amazing. You, you can just imagine those players sitting on the sides, like itching to get Worried. out there. Yeah. Worried if they're going to get a starting spot now. Absolutely, good. Casey Adams, LOFC, said, Darren Prattley has become a vital member of the, of the side under Wellens. This time last year, I was happy to see him go. How wrong I was. Best player by far over pre-season and today. Big fan club here for... Yeah, good to see. For, for Darren. Lots of names coming up yeah. in different positions as well. Really good to see. 1965 AC, 1881. A satisfactory yeah. start. Got caught out a few times in the first half and lost their way to all tough time. Second half, comfortable after the goal. Was pretty man in a match for me. He never stopped running. Always involved. Honourable mentions for Dan Happy as well after a shaky start. And Theo Archibald. Yeah, Willow Gaffer said, a perfect result for today, a win and a clean sheet. Think we have the makings of a serious side to challenge this year. Moncur and Smythe will terrorise teams and Prattley was everywhere and Hunt looks a decent recruit. The goal from James was a thing of beauty. Yeah, final word in this week goes to none other than Billy Carroll GB with a positive tweet. What I is thought it was a decent tweet. So it I was a it decent in. tweet, Billy. Yeah. It was a very decent tweet. Billy said, tight first half, much better second half where we controlled the game and didn't give Grimsby a chance. Monco was brilliant, clearly far too good for League Two. It's too early to say we're going to be a force to be reckoned with, but a good performance to start yeah. the season. Good. Good synopsis of, of the Great. game there. Yeah, Thanks, man. Billy. So, do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook. You can email us if you're not on social media, orientoutlook at outlook.com. We're on Facebook. Just search for Orient Outlook Podcast. We're on Instagram, orient underscore outlook underscore podcast. We are not on TikTok or Snapchat. 
or any other social media. So, uh, yeah, just hit us up there. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we absolutely would. So moving on into the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. So Carol Langley Flores, an established business based in Chingford, specialising in bespoke flowers sourced from the finest growers in the world. From a simple thank you to tailored wedding or event packages, they are here to help. So if you want to get in touch with the team, you can get in touch with them by calling 0208 529 4130 John 30 that's not 20 it's 30 John or get in contact via <laughs> social media you can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or under Essex Biz that's on Twitter they are also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and they are also on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist and also definitely worth a mention 15% off to all those fans and staff and if you're getting married or having a wedding or bar mitzvah or anything, that is a pretty hefty saving. Yeah. <laughs> Weddings we can speak from cheap. we can yeah. speak from experience. Wedding flowers aren't cheap. A fifteen percent discount on top of that is going to be somehow of a saving. So get in contact with the team. So well done to Matty LFC Evans, Better Later Never, Bernie Boy ninety nine, Postman Pat nineteen sixty five. Uh, that tall O's fan, East London Exile. So new new Twitter handles here. Len M four Orient it is. Urkeskin, Frank Beavis, you all correctly predicted 2-0, so huge kudos to you. But even huger kudos to Leighton Ori, Dennis Orient, David Rose 88 and Big TB47, who correctly predicted 2-0 and a goal scorer, so got four out of the maximum five points that were available. So thanks to everybody who sent their predictions in. We tweet that at midday or three hours before kickoff. So if you want to get involved in our free-to-enter Prediction League uh, competition sponsored by Carol Langley Florist, look out for that tweet. Yeah, Wadsley, we haven't forgotten about you. Your no. prize is being sorted, so don't worry about that. So today, then, Sunday, the 31st of July, a quiet day at the club, no news to report, but we will say well done to the Lionesses who have been crowned European champions after beating Germany... 2-1 after extra time. Amazing day. Well done to everyone yeah. involved that one. So, one hour, 32 minutes, 46 seconds. It's Going time on. to ratch up this bad boy. Let's do it. So, fantasy football. Obviously, the Premier League season hasn't started, but the Orient Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, will be back through fantasy.premierleague.com. If you want to join our league, it couldn't be easier. Go to the Join League section on the website. Type in the code R. V17M for mother 7 that's RV17M7 and you will be entered into our league if you were in our league last season you don't need to do anything we've restarted the league you will automatically be entered in I don't do it because I start off with good intentions and then get too serious <laughs> so I don't do it but Steve does do it so yeah. fair play so Positives and negatives. Yeah, so more positives this week than negatives. So positives in, we've got four this week. First of all, the season started with a win. So first three points on the board early doors, which is fantastic. The second positive was the goals. Scoring a penalty in the league for the first time since January 2020. And obviously Tom James's scorching goal with his mm. weaker foot. Absolute worldy. Third positive, it's a clean sheet. Kept one, great start. And the fourth positive, as this is over the last two weeks... The incomings, so we've seen Charlie Carman come in and we've seen Rob Hunt come in. For me, two players who are better than what we've already got Great. for me, League One ready, so absolutely buzzing with that. Yeah, just the two negatives this week. The injuries, uh, in, excuse me, in particular to Dan and Krumer, yeah, who's uh, slightly longer term. 
Uh, he was just starting to get his flow in the he first was. team, get some opportunities, squad, yeah. so hopefully that doesn't hamper him. And obviously we picked up three yellow cards yesterday. Never a good thing to be picking up yellow cards, period, but to do it in the first game, just thought we've got to show a little bit of discipline because it did hurt us last season when we missed the players at five and ten uh, cards. So we need to we need to stop that and, and improve our discipline. Good point. So moving on into the Carol Langley Florist hero of the fortnight. So we put this one to Twitter. There could have been others that we nominated to, but you can only have four on Twitter. So we nominated Theo Archibald, Tom James, George Moncur, and Darren Prattley. Yeah, so that was run uh, as a Twitter poll with 24 hours notice on that one. Sharky War tweeted us and said, honestly, all four are equally deserving of the award. Monk's dispatching the penalty and overall performance. James's wonder strike and control in the midfield. Theo's engine and work rate and Pratt's resilience and determinations in central midfield. I'm not voting as I can't decide. Oh, you fence-sitter. But if it if I was, it would probably be Lawrence Vigoroux for the first half saves and distribution. Yeah, Boggs Dollocks one tweeted us on this as well. So I thought Dan Happy played well. Nice to see him back. And like if we had a couple more yeah. spots in it, we in fact, to be fair, if we had 11 spots or 12 spots or how many, we made three subs of 14 spots, we could have put everyone up and just seen who would have yeah. who would have done it. So after, uh, uh, after 365 votes, the winner with 47% of the vote is... It's Tom James. Well done, son. Absolute belter. Could have been any one of half it, a dozen it could have people. Been. I think George yeah. Moncur was a close second at 29%. Yeah. And the other two scoring in the low But for teams. his worldie. Yeah, anyone who scores a goal at that is always going to take your hero of the week. Yeah. And like you said, it could have been numerous nominations. So next week's fixtures, just the one next week, as we travel down the M23 to Crawley Town on Saturday the 6th of August. So Crawley lost one away to Carlisle yesterday with their new owners. They signed last season's golden boot winner, Dom Telford. So... You know, got him in, good player. They have other quality players in their squad, so they won't be a pushover. What I will say is, though, they lost Glenn Morris, like you said, and their keeper yesterday, on loan from Brentford, who was having a great first half, went off injured. So they brought on their other keeper, who Mm. made some good saves as well. So I think it's like their third. This time last week, this kid was like their third choice keeper. But it still looks a decent keeper. There's a weird dynamic going on there because I think their coin, their their um, Bitcoin owners are suffering a little bit from what I've heard. So although they've gone and signed, they've signed Dom Telford. So obviously Dom Telford's not going to leave for bad money. Is that a contract money? So yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be on good money. They've got two or three other names who I can't remember off the top of my head. So they've gone out and tried to sign quality. But on 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 the back end of that, they're letting an experienced keeper in Glenn Morris go. They're trying to shift people out to bring more people yeah. like. Uh, less experienced people in they've obviously gone and blown their budget they've only got a thousand season ticket holders or less than a thousand they're season doing a lot holders. of incentives so I, I read I saw on Twitter they're expecting a big big crowd there because it's their first home game of the season right, I, I don't know if it's half a half price, price. I don't know if it's a half price right. or whatever they're doing but they expect it to be big and we know as those fans Crawley's always quite big it's not too far it's, it's probably going to be sunny yeah. it's a good jolly day yeah. out be big in August. big crowd so if you're going have a very safe journey. We aren't going because we're going to a wedding. So we are. We are. So everyone who's making the trip, have a very yeah. safe journey okay. there. And just a quick sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, if you're thinking of moving home, keep it in the Orient family. Save a few quid in the process using a trusted estate agent. Town and Country Essex are the people to get in touch with. And once again, you can call them on 01279 882 or mobile 07528 or contact them on Twitter, T&C Harlow, 
or at Charlie underscore Paul. So that is it. Thanks to everyone for joining us for a bumper episode 288. The season has started and normal Saturday routines have begun again as well as Sunday night routines. So we kicked it off at home in front of a bumper crowd who were rewarded with the first penalty that we finally scored in the league after two and a half years and an absolute worldie from Tom James as we won our first game fairly comfortably. So all in all, a good day for Orient fans. But let's not get carried away as this is a game one out of 46. And knowing the O's, there'll be lots of highs and lows to come us throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. Give the podcast a five-star rating. It really does help people find the podcast through the algorithms on the various platforms. We really appreciate it. Wherever you listen to your podcast from, save it. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher, add us to your favourites and that way you'll get all the episodes available as soon as we upload them. We're also on Smart Speakers, Fan Hub app, which is brilliant, so listening to us has got even easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient chum, and I must say, uh, welcome to the Orient community, my friend Dan, who I used to work with. Um, he is an Arsenal fan, but will be now picking up following the podcast. He started oh, following well, really? us. Oh, really? Yeah, passing interest in, in Leighton Orient. So Dan, welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast. Welcome to the Orient family, and hopefully you'll come to a game with us at some point in the future. Pass the pod to them. Yeah, absolutely. Please, so introduce them. A few thank yous here. Thank you to Kent Teague for coming on. First time in a long time, Kent. Always a pleasure. Never a chore to speak to. Really enjoyed it. And we hope everyone who listened has found that engaging and everything else. We say thank you to our sponsors for their continued support. So Carol Langley Florist and Town and Country Harlow Estate Agents. Like Paul said, one more sponsorship platform available, social media. So if you fancy it, please give us a DM to chat. So we'll be back episode 289 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.